Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. And we're talking with Cathy Schneider, the Global Chief Marketing Officer for Sun Valley Baby Services. How are you doing, Cathy? Okay, now uh, we're going to start off with a simple question. How, well, kind of simply, how prepared are businesses in Ireland for the tech changes and challenges that are going to come up fast, namely with Brexit and GDPR? Um, yeah, that's a hot topic these days, as you can imagine. Um, so we had conducted research recently um, on the topic of business preparedness, and um, the focus also was on the tech changes that are coming in terms of technologies and trends that are expected to help companies uh, be more competitive, if not at least stay competitive. <clears throat> and interestingly, that um, the lack of skills uh, was highlighted as a very big concern. So in the research, um, and in Ireland in particular, across two levels, IT decision makers and line of business decision makers, so those who report up to those IT leaders, was 57% and around 60 on the LOB line of business decision makers, so roughly 50% for both, um, believe that a lack of skills <clears throat> is the biggest issue that is impacting digital initiatives which, as we know, are considered critical uh, for most industries. Uh, Digital transformation is a huge topic and and very broad. And added to that, the employees themselves, about half of them uh, came through in the survey saying that they're not getting the training and tools they need to add value back to businesses. Um, In fact, almost a third um, of the workers stated that a lack of training has stopped them from adopting digital working practices. Um, And that, uh, you know, again, a third said that it's the companies not providing them with the tools to overcome the challenges that they are facing, meaning, you know, not understanding the technologies. And this is critically important. Um, You know, many of uh, workers don't yet understand what some of these trends are, in particular uh, GDPR, that's that's one that came out as a majority of, uh, you know, decision makers think they kind of understand it, but only 6% of employees say that they understand it completely. Um, And 30% specifically said, I don't understand it at all. So I think it definitely points to a lack of readiness um, that businesses need to be concerned about. And there's kind of two angles. One is to deal with uh, these very specific trends kind of in our face now happening for businesses. But the longer term uh, um, issue for businesses with this type of feedback from this report is as they need more uh, technical skills, new technical skills, it's pointing to the fact that they're not preparing their own employees, which is, you you can imagine, then forces companies to go look in the market. And those skills are going to be very scarce in the market as well. So if, if companies aren't investing in the development of those skills internally, it just puts the pressure even more outside on the market. So I guess basically with over a third of companies not been prepared, it's kind of a scary time in a way. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it really demonstrates that 
a lot of the concern coming out in the press uh, is real. It's based on uh, people's real, true lack of um, training and, and understanding. So, you know, some of it's hype, I'm sure, but there is clearly uh, a lack of skill development and um, uh, appreciation for what employees are meant to do about some of these new trends that they're meant to cope with. So I guess what can we do to what can they do to actually uh, prepare for this, or is it too late? No, I don't. I don't think it's too late. I think you know what we've seen and the way we're interpreting the research is it's actually an excellent opportunity for um, companies to really uh, look at their learning and development approach um, and. Uh, take it forward, right? Take it to the next level. So we know that there are various um, internal initiatives that companies can do uh, around skill sharing, uh, putting in more formal uh, training programs and not kind of leaving it to employees. Some of them can even be required. Um, interestingly, you know, some of the, the knowledge is even internal. So you don't necessarily always have to get an external expert to teach everyone the new trick. In some cases, most organizational departments always seem to have that you know, kind of person or few people that are always at the front end of that curve and, and ride the edge and can often be that train-the-trainer person where they can help get the skills out, definitely help identify where the gaps are if they're on the edge. So there's a lot internally companies can do with what they have in place already um, before they have to worry about going out, let's say, and buying um, and architecting this big externally uh, driven uh, training program. So I think there's, there's absolutely... Um, the potential to improve it, uh, but I and I and I think there's another benefit for companies, which is that retention, right? So companies also are concerned about retention in general. We all know it costs a lot more to go out into the market, find a new person, bring them in, train them, and then assume that they'll also adopt the culture successfully. So there's you know there's a whole other range of benefits that a company can get if they can develop and move people internally and give them bigger and better roles and have them move forward with these advancements rather than be left behind if they do things internally i think it's going to be easy for them to sell to uh, to the board that it's cheaper to do this way oh absolutely Absolutely. And, you know, you can also, you know, see that it, it has more potential. It's not, quote unquote, just buying training um, and buying skills. You're, you're having the added benefit, as I said, of the retention, um, loyalty, <clears throat> right? That loyalty factor that is always elusive and it's really tough to nail down. I, I just saw actually um, in the press the other day. Um, and I think it's going around LinkedIn, an article around um, how millennials, you know, they, um, you can't, you know, how they can't be bought or the, the way to um, uh, instill that loyalty is, you know, is really tricky. And certainly that um, feeling amongst employees that the company is investing in them and not always looking outside for that next shiny person, so to speak, goes a long way um, with employees, all employees, not just millennials, but there's that sense that when I'm in 
my role, right? It's it's developing me. It's not yeah. just taking from me and then, you know, oh, all of a sudden I'm behind the curve. What happens? It's that feeling, and, and frankly, it's highly motivating, I think, for all of us, I mean, myself included, where you feel like you're learning on your job, right, in your role. Um, and we also know there's that, you know, I think well-quoted statistic, what, 80% of learning is done on the job, right? In reality, it is very hard to just fill someone's brain with new information and poof, they're performing differently, right? Most of the benefit of a new skill comes because you're doing it on the job and, you know, you're doing it over and over again. So there's definitely a case to be made for the board um, and whether, you know, especially if you're an HR department that feels that, you know, the learning and development area may have shrunk and needs a little bit of, uh, of, of investment, I think there's a strong case to be made. And also, I guess, if somebody who's working a company, company for years is reskilled and retrained, it's easy to them to do that because they know how the company works. Rather to bring somebody new in from the start and uh, give them the job. You know, I can say I agree. I think we all know um, we've been in those moments where people will say things like, oh, so-and-so, oh, it's great because, I mean, they know everything, right? They know everything about the company. So you hear those anecdotal responses to ideas around putting someone in this other role. And, and, and so there's definitely um, a value on people having already an understanding of how things get done in a company. And there's, you know, formal processes and ways things get done. And sometimes there's those informal ways as well. Um, there's the whole layer of culture around it and what works most effectively. So you're right, making sure that you can fully leverage, uh, you know, the, the talent you have and enabling it to move with you forward uh, is just has incredible benefit for the company. And also, I guess, with your clients, if they, they know... They're going to be still dealing with the same person double for years. It reassures them as well. Yes. <clears throat> yes. You mean for the customers of yeah. the business? Yeah. Absolutely. And you see this, uh, you know, especially, for example, where the relationships are very um, strong, uh, like in uh, service uh, service companies where you have a lot of operational people that interface with the, the customer and the team on the customer side that have to uh, implement or utilize the service, right? Those operations, service operation roles, in addition to the sales roles, are always really important. So, and a lot of technology across many industries is changing how, you know, um, how things function between the companies. And so you need those people to move with it because you're right. You can't just keep swapping, you know, you can't swap all those endpoints because what you're going to miss is that that relationship that's already there. There's a trust element. They, they get along. You know, they, they know how to communicate with each other. So there's a lot of benefits in making sure that the touch points with your customers are getting more and more skilled and can move with you as you as a company may adopt new um, new technologies and processes in these different areas. Okay, now what technologies should our businesses be prioritizing? <clears throat> I would say, interestingly, we looked at, in the research, it's kind of funny, because in the press, um, as we all know, there's a lot of um, hype and interest around artificial intelligence, 
what we see and, um, through this and what businesses are still very keen to adopt and take advantage of is still cloud. Cloud is still top as a priority, both private and public. Uh, data analytics is very high at the top. It's usually the kind of one and two with cloud. Um, so, you know, I think we definitely uh, across the industry aren't finished, quote unquote, with um, getting better at big data analytics. Um, and so I think with AI getting a lot of attention, there's still a lot of runway for the big data analytics. And also, we're seeing IoT come up in the uh, results. And, <clears throat> you know, smart meters, let's say, at different elements of a, a manufacturing production chain of um, equipment that is in a customer environment to help be more predictive and proactive in terms of service support. So those are the kind of things that have come up to the top. Another um, key one is around cybersecurity, cybersecurity tools. So taking advantage of uh, new uh, capabilities to predict and deter rather than wait and have to deal with the aftermath, um, that, that's a very technical one. That can be quite tricky for companies because they, they have to balance how much they want to create their own security team in-house or obviously have um, a vendor, a partner that can help do a significant amount of that. But I would say those are coming in at the very top in terms of what technologies are seen to play an important role that will help them um, to prepare for the changes ahead. So as I said, cloud, big data analytics, internet of things, mobile is still coming up, um, <clears throat> like enabling customers and employees to be productive and effective out on a, in, you know, being out and about. And then I'd say um, cybersecurity tools. Those are the top ones. Artificial intelligence comes well below those. Yeah, and I guess... Cybersecurity ties in with everything you mentioned, like uh, like big data, etc. That that all has to be secure in place. So cybersecurity is going to be basically a big, big concern as well. Oh, absolutely. As more data is used <clears throat> from, you know, you think of it as, oh well, it's the marketing collecting all of this data on customers. Well, actually, you now are going to have, um, oh, you have already an enormous amount of sensors collecting data on the performance the behaviors of inanimate objects. So all that will come in. And, you know, interesting, uh, GDPR is very focused on, obviously, people and personally identifiable information. But <clears throat> where those where those inanimate objects potentially are a reflection of how someone is living, behaving, what they eat, what they do, you know, is there a possibility of them being security risks because of what they will communicate about someone if if they're hacked, right? And if it, all of a sudden people get into them. So I think you're exactly right on that. And also, I guess, with IoT as well, that's going to be another area that's very important for security. Make sure that the, that the machine's using that or, the, or anything else isn't going to be hacked or changed or damaged. Oh, that's exactly right. Yeah, it creates another, uh, you know, area of potential intrusion. So cybersecurity is becoming hugely important. In fact, um, it, you know, it may still be the case, but, you know, within the last year, I know that security was one of the few industries 
in the tech space that had a negative unemployment rate. So it is becoming increasingly difficult for companies to recruit internally <clears throat> in competition with security companies that make up their business the security skill set, right, analytics yeah. um, especially. Um, that is a really tough one. Yeah, and uh, also what businesses, uh, I mean, you talk about technology, the, the prioritizing, to prioritizing. I think basically you're right about the AI. The moment AI isn't big in the agenda, but I think in five years' time that could change because as technology gets cheaper. But I guess that uh, yeah. that at the moment with cybersecurity, where it is, that's going to be, I suppose, the most important one because that ties in everything else you mentioned earlier. If that isn't fixed up, then everything else is not going to be, is going to be not an issue to worry about or is an issue. No, I, I agree. I think exactly. Cybersecurity is it, it becomes absolutely required for you know digital transformation projects to end without tears. You know, to end well because now you're just you know you're creating these exposures to the hacking. I think artificial intelligence will. I think it's just so early, right? It's just it's, I think it's just going through the same phenomena cloud did, where there's enormous talk about it becoming adopted, becoming adopted, but it does take long, we know, for these new cutting-edge technologies to go from being tested, proof of concept, to really being um, a material proportion of an IT environment. And, and it's, I would say within the last, what, three to five years that we're seeing cloud um, uh, be a proper, uh, you know, environment as opposed to proof of concepts and tests. And it's still not, you know, all the way um, uh, saturated. So I just think it's a timing. I do think we'll see more on it, especially because, <clears throat> excuse me, artificial intelligence also links quite a bit to big data analytics. Yeah. And so there's, yeah, there's kind of a cross point there where you, you might, <clears throat> a company might say big data analytics, they may mean algorithm, which really artificial intelligence, in many cases, when you peel it back and a company says, oh, we're using AI, what you find is they're using algorithms to replace a routine manual effort with automation via algorithms. And so, you know, in effect, they're analyzing and making decisions on data, right? So that, that there's a big crossover there. Yeah, and I guess also in the future, We'll see more involvement with also machine learning, which can link in very heavily with AI as well. Exactly, exactly. So AI, you're right, AI can mean a couple of different things. And so when people say, um, <clears throat> as I said, big data analytics, or they say AI or even machine learning, there's a piece of AI in those other two. So, you know, maybe some of it's being understated. Know, but like I said, in this survey we did, as opposed to, for example, 78% of the respondents listing cloud technologies as um, the top in what would play an important role in helping them prepare for the challenges they face, um, you know, um, for artificial intelligence, it was 23%. So that's a pretty big spread. <clears throat> and then big data analytics came in second at 50%, 51%. Well, I guess we're seeing now, like 15 years ago, 10 years ago, cloud costs were still expensive, but they've not come down to a price you can all afford. And I guess in about five or so, mm -hmm. 10 years' time, data analytics and uh, software like machine learning and AI will come down in price too that's more affordable. Yeah, 
You're right. The the, the classic uh, price curves of technology, you know, will and should apply. So that will also make them a lot more um, ubiquitous. I think right now, probably still seeing a lot of proof of concepts, custom development, right? Custom bills. Um, <clears throat> you know, look at what AWS is doing to cloud in terms of bringing it to more mass capability where small businesses can use it, very plug-and-play, buy thing, you know, buy it with a credit card, so to speak. So, yeah, that, that trend on that, the price curve and the complexity reduction curve of utilizing any of these that currently are quite complicated, you know, um, you're going to spread it wildly, exactly. Currently, it's probably not like an off-the-shelf, you can just go whip up an AI <laughs> project yeah. inside your company, especially if, you're, if you don't have a big, really strong IT department. Yeah, I guess in about five years' time, you'll have the ability to go and buy off-the-shelf and, and copy in a few lines of code, and that code will link into the yeah, APIs, yeah. and then you can do all that. It'll be a lot easier and simple. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. The software um, component is is really um, going to change a lot, and um, so it's, it's just it's interesting that people though still feel there's um, a lot that they're going to need and get out of the ones that are still you know the top five: cloud, big data, Internet of Things, mobile, and cybersecurity. Three um, D printing even comes ahead of artificial intelligence in this report. Um, that's another one. That's another key trend. And so there's another example of something that you, you would have to retrain um, a team. They're used to using certain devices, let's yeah. say in a manufacturing environment, right? Yeah. And you can't just take all of those machines away and, and all of a sudden the employees come in on the next day and 3D printers are everywhere, right? So there's that's a good example of you'd have to have a training process to reskill them and enable them to do what they were doing before with, let's say, a 3D printer, for, for example. Yeah, I guess it's like four years ago you were in a company and you were using a typewriter and you told one day you're using a word processor. And you don't have to use it. You've got to be trained as well. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, these are microcosm uh, examples we're using, but you're right to, to pull those in because people forget, right, yeah. that there was a day when I was an um, assistant brand manager in Mexico City at Kraft Foods and had to do a um, business review for our executives coming down from the U.S., literally was told, do it on this. It was called PowerPoint. I had no idea <laughs> what it was. And I was at the office very, very late, and I learned it by trying to put these slides together. And, you know, so we kind of went through some of this already, but it's funny. I think we just forget how it feels and um, that it's not a new phenomenon, right? I remember being in the Microsoft Excel training program because we were learning to use spreadsheets. Again, this was in the early 90s. So... Um, it's interesting, but it's it's not like a completely new world or phenomenon. It's a, this is how businesses adapt. Technologies come in; they bring massive benefits for productivity and capabilities to go beyond what an employee can produce. Um, you know, it certainly looks nicer to see my PowerPoint slides today than my acetates that I probably used to use before I learned PowerPoint. So. 
there's enormous benefits, but there is absolutely a process to get from, you know, point A to B. I remember your, learning. You remember in your lectures, I was using word star and word perfect. And then each of them yep. had, the, had the different kind of shortcuts to uh, to underline and bold and, and use different kind of uh, fonts. And now when you use Microsoft Word, it's so much easier. But it, it took the technology time to be able to be as easy as it is now. And that's the point. That's exactly right. So we, we've, I think if people stop for a minute and go, wait a minute, I, I kind of remember this, right? That, <laughs> and so our, you know, employees are, are now going through very similar things. Um, with, it's just a different, uh, it's just a different piece of software. It's a different technical um, uh, product, but it's a similar experience. In hey, here's something new. It's going to be fantastic when you crack it. It's getting that. It's getting over that hurdle and making sure they feel you know that they're able to use it because then you get a lot more out of them um, and you can really take advantage of the benefits of these new technologies. Yeah, I guess it's hard to make sure you get mass adoption as quickly as possible. Yes, yes. And, you know, in that training and development area, I think, you know, these, right now with all of the statistics out there and all of the technology trends and changes are poised to, as we said earlier, make a really strong case for support from the board and from the executives um, on the importance of uh, training and developing that, you know, the current workforce in addition to you always need to grow and bring in um, other workers, um, but it's always better that that's based more on growth of the business rather than, well, you've run out of skills in a certain area that you need. Yeah, I guess so. Anything else you'd like to add to, add to the podcast? Uh, no, no, I think we're good. I don't know if uh, if there were any other questions that you wanted to cover. I think um, on, on my side, we're happy uh, with that. Uh, Karen, or anything <clears throat> that... You guys feel that we didn't cover that was uh, in the plan? Uh, yeah, I think good from our perspective. Yeah, well, that, that sounds good to me. Thanks so much for that for that uh, chat, Kathy. And I hope to talk to you again a little soon. And have a nice weekend and a good day. Super. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.